Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my good nanny radio. MGN Radio. The best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, and welcome to MGM Radio. I'm your host, Miss Tossy. Today is Friday. Yay. <laughs> July 8th, 2016. I can't believe it's already 2016. And it's July, I should say. I can't believe it's July. I'm, I'm like, wow, time is flying. Time is flying. So um, I hope everybody has um, had a great week. I know um, there's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot going on in America. And, you know, people all around the world that listen to the show, um, everybody's just watching America right now. Um, but before I get into that, because I do have a message, I do want to say um, if you've never heard about MGM Radio, we are the number one show on Blog Talk Radio. Our show has been featured millions of times. Um, we interview authors, celebrities, um, amazing women and men. And um, we are excited today to have two, not one, but two <laughs> amazing women who are in the fashion business and um, publicists and everything. So it's going to be really, really great. But I do want to say, um, you know, it wasn't even a full 24 hours after the murder of Alton Sterling that we learned about Philando Castell. According to the Guardian's tally, Philando became the 136th black person killed by police out of 566 people total. At 6 a.m. this morning, I woke up to many texts and inbox you know, messages that Snipers in Dallas had shot 11 police officers, killing five. To say that I was discouraged, shocked, disappointed, saddened is an understatement. I mean, I had anger, hurt, disgust, overwhelm, all of the feelings wrapped into one. I'll say it again because I use our platform for, for those of you who might have listened, and I love all our followers to the Louisiana mom that we had, you know, um, come on the show, the one that was arrested for beating her kids. She came on our show. We've raised over $13,000 for her, um, you know, her kids, and we're so happy that she was able to come on our show and tell her story and all the listeners that, that listened to the, to the podcast. So I know we use our voice very wisely on this show, but I do want to say that black lives matter, you know, black lives matter. And we posted something on Dare to Aspire just a few minutes ago that said, you know, black lives matter. And we're not saying that 
when we say black lives matter, we're not saying other people's lives don't matter. We're just recognizing that black lives matter. And to all the moms that have sons, you know, black moms that have sons that listen to MGM radio, we know how it must feel. We know what you're going through, you know, just being scared that one day your son might be jogging down the street or, you know, just going for a walk and maybe not wearing a T-shirt and somebody looks at him and thinks, you know, him, he's a threat. And then one thing leads to another. So, again, Trayvon could have been my younger brother. Sandra could have been my friend. You know, Alton could have been an uncle. You know, so when I let my mind go there, I really, really get disappointed. But we know that with prayer, all things are possible. And so I'll just leave it with that to to just for everybody just hopefully to find love in their hearts. And um, we wanted to just make sure we said that today. Okay, now with that being said, we want to <laughs> try and get on a happier note. <laughs> we want to make sure that we welcome Alexandra Ali. Yay! I wish we, we I keep telling my producer we need that drum roll music. Um, she's the designer and owner of FW Style Handbags. Such a, a friend to the show. She's been on the show. Such a just a talented. She was on our conference that we did Dare to Aspire conference this year. Um, you know, such a talented lady. So I was so excited. And then you know, she told me about Yetunde Shorters who is the owner of ICY Public Relations, and I love my PR people. So um, I want to give them their proper MGN introduction before I bring them onto the show. So F&W Style Handbags are currently in over 40 stores in the United States. Um, Her handbags have been worn by several celebrities, Grammy-nominated artists, and reality stars. So we're so excited. Um, and then Yitunde is a former model and current fashion and entertainment publicist. She has secured national and international media and managed fashion events for her clients, including Miami Fashion Week, um, Style Resort Week, MTV gifting events, and Video Music Awards, and so much more. Both of these ladies are planning a workshop in September. Yay! Fashion and Profit Workshop. And if you follow them on Instagram, FNW Style and Yechunde, um, on Instagram, you'll be the first to know about their date for the conference. But if you're listening to our show um, on the replay, they're going to have a Fashion and Profit Workshop in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're going to hear all about that. Before I bring them on, we got to pay some bills, and um, so let me go to that right quick, and we'll be back with Alexander and Yetunde. Um, hair Yum is the fastest-growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. I would like to mention Psychic Aerial. It's a novel app, and it's available on the App Store and Google Play Store. Aerial has 10 years of experience. She's learned to use her certified life coaching and psychic ability as one. Use code M 
GN Radio to receive a free reading, Psychic Ariel, and that's A-R-I-E-L. Check them out. Check them out. Lipo7.com injections are compounded in the USA using only the highest quality materials. All of their nutritional compounds have been carefully formulated by doctors and an experienced compounding pharmacist and then tested for efficacy and safety. Go to their website now to order Lipo B12, HCG, and other weight loss injections. Lipo7.com. L-I-P-O, the number 7.com. Lipo7.com. All right, we are back live. Um, for everyone who tunes into MG Radio, we thank you. We appreciate you. We're going to connect. Let me see if I can connect both our guests. Um, give me a second. Let's see. Alex, hi, um, and 561. Okay, hey, are y'all on? Say hello. Hello. <laughs> We're Yay. here. Okay. We're here. <laughs> Yay, excellent, excellent. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yes. Of course. So, yes, Alexander. Well you're you're like a family member <laughs> to the <this> show. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I feel the same because Alice Alice has talked so much about you and I, I know we actually have some mutual friends in common. So I'm like, Yes, I am a family member. I take that wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, so let's get started. We'll start with you, um, F&W, the designer of F&W style handbags. Why don't you just give a quick, for those who might not have heard of your handbag line and how you get start, how you got started, why don't you introduce your background, Alexander, how you got started and everything, and your bag line. Okay, um, as, as um, Tossi um, said, my name is Alexandria Ali, um, designer, owner of luxury leather handbag line, F&W Style. And I started F&W Style almost seven years ago. I mean, sometimes when I say that, I'm like, seven years, what? But <laughs> yeah, it's almost seven years ago. And um, really, the reason I started it was because I wanted to make luxury leather handbags, but in it's at an attainable price for women. I wanted them to feel like they were walking around with a $1,000 bag, but at a great pricing. And that's what we've been doing since then. Um, then we started getting into stores and boutiques, and um, the line has just been growing. And it's just been a great story to tell. I was able to leave my corporate job and do it full-time because of the support of all everybody that follows F&W Style and that's what I do. <laughs> wow, great. Now, Yechunde, talk about your your journey, how you started with being a publicist and model and everything. Um, you know, I, when people ask me how long have I been a publicist, I always said I, I said I've been a publicist when I was six years old. <laughs> but officially, I would say um, I started uh, my career at CBS in Chicago in, like, 1999. And I just knew it was something I was supposed to do um, because it was it was about other people and helping other people shine uh, with, you know, skills and things that I learned. So that was my biggest um, motivation for doing it because it was putting exposure to brands that needed to be known to the world. Um, and so I started officially – actually, yesterday was my nine-year anniversary <laughs> in business. Wow. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't have time to celebrate yesterday with all the things that are going on, you know, so thank you for touching on that when you first started. Um, but yesterday was nine years in business. I, I launched uh, officially 
777, which was July 7th, 2007. Um, and, and so just that journey of helping women in the fashion industry and entertainment get a voice internationally. So it wasn't just uh, national uh, publicity. We did, we do international publicity and just helping women entrepreneurs specifically uh, discover their purpose, whatever it is, do what they love uh, so that they can help people and make money doing it. Um, and so that's, uh, that's a, a big passion of mine. Great. Excellent. And, you know, both of we have to say, you know, we all have something in common, and that's our beloved country, Nigeria. Now, mm-hmm. Alexander, tell where you, because we have a lot of listeners and people do listen in Nigeria. Tell Everybody tell where they're from or where their parents are from or where they're from and if you've ever lived in Nigeria. Um, Lagos. I'm from Lagos. I uh, was born actually in Houston, Texas, um, but lived in Nigeria for most of my childhood. And then, you know, then we moved here to the States and Atlanta. So, yep. Proud Nigerian over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was uh, same thing. I was actually born in Chicago, uh, raised in Nigeria. My parents are from Nigeria, and they're both from Ijebu, so I'm an Ijebu woman to the bone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I definitely, uh, that whole profit part is uh, is one of the things I, I love talking about with what we're about to do, but uh, definitely very Nigerian. Uh, I call myself a hybrid. So it's, a, it's an intersection yeah. between Africa and the West. Oh, I love that. A hybrid. I love that. Okay. So fashion and profit. And then we'll, both of you, one, you know, nine years, seven years, a lot of experience. Can you tell us each, you can, whoever, Alexander, maybe you'll go first. What do you think mm-hmm. some of the challenges are in making, you know, actually making money in the fashion business? Like what are some of the challenges maybe you faced and how did you mm-hmm. overcome them? I think a lot of the challenge for especially new designers, and I know for me, is just knowing what to do next, knowing how people are making you know, money in the industry. It's not really just out there what you're supposed to do. There's a lot of information out there about how to design, how to sew, how to you know, do all, that, all those things, but there's not a lot of information of, one, how to get manufacturers, how to get it off the line. And then people that actually get that process and they finally found a, find a manufacturer, there's not that much information as, on how does it sell. You know, um, a lot of people just think you create this thing, um, these products, and I know I did too. You create it and then people should just know and buy it. But the thing is, there's a lot of promotion that goes behind it for you to start selling even one, two, three bags or even to even get in stores. And that's why, you know, we started the Fashion and Profit Workshop. Wow. I love it. I love it. And you, Tunde, I mean, you started out as a model. Um, and I want, I'm interested in that, like how you got into modeling, Um and then, you know, what's, what are some of the challenges that you see um, the fashion business people face? Right. right. Um, I think it was accidental because, you know, growing up in Nigeria, I got teased, like, for being skinny. I was a very skinny, scrawny little kid. Um, and, and it wasn't <laughs> until I got to Chicago, because I, I uh, moved from Nigeria to Chicago, um, that I, I sort of started to get comfortable in my skin. Um, and, you know, shout out to Agbeni Darengo, the um, – the beauty queen that won Miss Universe, uh, whenever that year was. But she made it cool to be skinny. <laughs> so for us skinny chicks, it was like, 
yay, finally somebody's, you know, uh, been validated in that way. So it's kind of happened by accident, and one of my mentors got me involved in an ad for Club Med. This was like in 1997 or 8, and that's where I started. Um, and I worked with a lot of European designers doing runway, um, did some print ads, did a lot of editorial work. Um, so for me, I've always been exposed to sort of the image side of the fashion industry. Like how do you make something look so good that people want to spend um, money? And so transfer that to public relations because I've always done PR and, and the modeling was always part-time as I did PR. And realizing that, you know, in working with designers, a lot of them, just, they just have this passion. And I'm just like, I just have this desire to like, let me help the world know about you because it's one thing to have, you know, the, the product. If nobody knows about it, it doesn't matter. You know, so that's, right. um, that's where I come in. So, so you know, Alex is like on the end of, okay, how do you produce it? How do you put it together? How do you make it marketable? How do you provide what the market actually wants? Um, and then for my end, it's like, how do I now tell the world about it in a way that is personal, uh, which is the difference of what we do with our, our, the way we help, you know, fashion designers, is we work with their brand. So when you think of Diane von Furstenberg or Tracy Reese or Michael Kors, those are personal brands. So it's helping mm-hmm. designers start to realize the power of their personal brands to elevate, you know, their product. Um, and so that's the perspective that we take. And so you think of a, an industry that is about $331 billion huge, and I'm wondering how are designers not making money? It's because a huge number of that percentage goes to some major companies. So what we do is help you identify how can you get a slice of that lovely pie. Um, and so that's where we come in uh, with the fashion and profit. I like it. Now let me answer that. So why do you think, it goes back to the challenge, why do you think that so many people are not getting a huge slice? Is it the, the big challenge is that, that, like you said, it goes to the Michael Kors, the Gucci, you know, right. those fashion designers? Is is that what it is? I think, yeah. um, it's, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Alex, were you going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Um, yes, and I, was okay. just, um, I was just um, piggybacking off of what you said earlier, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I think it's two things. I think it's one, um, not recognizing the personal power, that first. Like, it's, it, as simple as it is, it actually affects, you know, when you think of Coco Chanel, that's one woman that built a powerful brand. But I think the confusion is a lot of the designers these days, they get caught up in the product only and forget that they are the reason people will buy so if you leave yourself out of the equation, people don't connect. That's one. Um, and then I think the second reason is there is no sort of step-by-step process or somebody typically helping you on how this is what you should do. It's a lot of trial and error. So there's almost like a, a desire for people that are bigger, most of the designers that are bigger, to sort of take the knowledge and expertise of those young ones for their benefits. And so you don't really learn what you need to do to grow your brand. You're helping somebody else grow. So that takes years. Like It's this whole process of understanding your worth as a designer and branding that and realizing your power um, to make money. Um, and until that happens, there's a disconnect, and you end up wasting time. Uh, so I think those are, those are some of the things that come on in the way of designers actually building a, a powerful brand. Yeah, and wow. I think a lot of designers – a lot of designers come into it and they feel that um, like designing is 90% of what they do. But I always try to tell people, I know for me, designing is probably 10% of what I do. The rest of the 90% is promoting my brand and getting it out there for people to know that we exist. 
you know. And so I, I think a lot of designers also give up really fast. And that might be also because they don't have the information or somebody to help guide them through what they should be doing next. So, right. Yeah. Um, and, and let me add to that, uh, to what uh, Alex is saying is, I think also uh, designers are creative people, and creative people are super temperamental. So there's a lot of desire to do what you want. Like, I like this, and so I'm going to design this. It doesn't work that way if you're trying to build a business that is service-based, which means you're creating products for the people you want to help, not just what you like. And so a lot of uh, designers have that conflict where you're like, well, I want to create what I like, but what if people don't like what you design, and they like the bag that's simple? The question is, do you want to just design the simple bag or do you want to do what you want to do? Um, and, but if, if people don't want what you, what you love, then that's the challenge that usually happens with designers is you have to think about the people you're trying to help and serve. And if you can think from that perspective, then you're actually providing value to them. You can still do your stuff, you know, and have those special collections so that you can indulge and do the things you love. But that's usually what happens to a lot of designers. They get stuck in you know, nobody's, you know, they're not buying what I really like, and so they get discouraged. But it's not about that. It's about the people you want to serve and providing the products that they will pay for. Exactly. That is so true. That is, wow. We, I always tell people, get a pen and paper. Now, in terms of, and we're, we'll talk about the fashion, the fashion and Profit Workshop in September, but I wanted to ask you, it's her, a lot of people that listen to the show are small business owners. They don't have the the huge budgets like, you know, some of these big companies. What are some ways that people in the fashion business can brand themselves without spending a bunch of money? You know, simple, like simple tips. Let's say, you know, like she has the bag line. Like what, what are some things business owners can do to brand themselves and get people to notice their brand? without spending a lot of money. Alex is a perfect example of that. <laughs> you know, in a, in, a, in a city like Atlanta, literally, Alex has done, this is why we want to do this. Alex is doing what designers need to do. The difference is, if Alex knew all the stuff she knows now earlier, she wouldn't have had to do seven years or whatever years to get to this, you know? Yeah. And that's what we want to help is, you, there's little things you can do that are cost effective. So it's not even about the money. It's like, how do you position yourself so that, you know, the colors you choose, are you choosing colors based on what you like or are you choosing colors based on the people you're trying to help? Those little things actually affect whether someone is buying. Blue, for instance, is a trust-filling color. And it's subliminal and, you know, it's all psychology, but people don't think about that when they think of their brand. They're just like, well, I like pink. I'm using pink. Now, Alex Mm -hmm. uses pink, but Alex also knows pink works for her brand, and it's a feminine brand. Pink is associated mm-hmm. with women, so it works for Alex. You have to think of what colors work for you, what fonts work for you. Those things actually affect what people click on to buy or click on to be even interested in you. Um, but there are little things and strategies that are cost-effective, absolutely, that you can use to start building your brand so you can have a successful fashion business. Yeah, I mean, I started, you know, um, and, and thank you, Tindy, for that, but I started, when I started my brand, I literally started with $500, and that's what I said, okay, I'm going to use this and start from there. I created just a few bags, and 
at first, you know, you think you know, back then, I wish myself now could talk to me back then. I thought, man, I have one bag that I've created in three different colors, and this is what I'm selling. Nobody's going to take me seriously. And it took me a while to get out of my own head and just still get out there. But knowing what I know now, that's fine. You can start really small, market yourself with that. And people knew those, that, that one bag that I had, when people saw it, they knew it was F&W style, right? And that's what made it good for me. So you can start small and do little things, and that's where Yesenday comes in also with our course, is branding yourself. And that's what I did. You know, you don't have to have a huge budget, is branding yourself, making yourself likable, and showing people the value of what you have. And if people see that, once they get that, believe me, you you will start selling. You will start selling. Yay! We are live with Alexander Ali. She is the founder and designer of FW Style. And then we have Yetunde Shorter, who's an international publicist. Now, in terms of this workshop, Maybe talk about um, the premise of it, how it came about, and what people um, expect to pay and what they will get from the workshop. Okay, so I'll talk about how it first um, came about. Um, I was just thinking, you know, I would get emails from conferences like yours that I've done, um, the Dare to Aspire conference, to other conferences that I've spoken at with Periscope, I'm on Periscope, and all that stuff, I would always get emails, I, I, I would always mentor other designers, they would ask to come to my studio to, you know, talk to me and all that, but obviously I have limited time because I have my own work that I have to do building my brand, and, you know, I just thought to myself, man, there's just so much that I've learned along the years to get my brand to where it is today, to get in stores and magazines, all that stuff. I wish there was some way I can put it together and invite people to come and really give them step-by-step tools on how to build a profitable brand. And um, I knew I didn't want to do it by myself because I needed um, somebody there that knew the whole PR part of it and just somebody that would be a good complement to, you know, what I already knew. And then that's when I reached out to Yetunde. Oh, okay. there, yeah. Wow, amazing! Now, what is mm-hmm. the what's the workshop going to cost people? Um, and um, we know it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. What about the website where people who maybe are listening to the show can can get more information about it? Right. So the workshop. Um, let's put it in context first. Let me give you an example is whenever I do, I do something called a purpose brand session, which is 90 minutes of me sort of working through with entrepreneurs on how to sort of get clear on their brand. Um, and that, that I charge 297 for. So for our workshop, which is a full day workshop, which includes breakfast, lunch, and we have a live, um, uh, what is it, walkthrough at a factory that actually produces, you know, stuff for designers. Uh, so we're going to have like a road trip. <laughs> Um, and all of that uh, we're doing for uh, two different prices. Uh, the first price is $397, um, and then the second price is we're actually adding to the second price 25 names of the top media uh, for fashion PR, 
um, to include to be included in that. So those lists usually cost like four hundred, five hundred dollars. Um, but we're going to be adding that package is about four ninety seven. So you get uh, the full day workshop, you get breakfast, lunch. Uh, you're part of the workshop. You, you're part of uh, joining our panel. We will have a wonderful panel of women that are joining us uh, to to present uh, this workshop. And then with the other package, the full pack, package, you get a list of 25 top media that, and we'll tell you how to approach them so that you can get the publicity you need to make that money you need to make. So we have uh, 397 and $497. And okay, to access great. That, the information. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, finish, please, please. Uh, I was going to say to learn more, you just go to uh, fashionandprofit.com. And what's happening is we're actually going to be uh, hopefully announcing a partnership that we're going to be having uh, by next week. So because of that, we're actually having to move the date because this partnership is super important and is actually going to help more people. So we're excited about that. So the we're going to move the workshop to be in the fall, and we'll confirm the date. Um, we're probably looking at September or the first week in October, and we'd love to come back and talk to, to you about it and your, your audience. Uh, but we're moving it because of this great partnership, and we are going to actually be able to help more designers uh, to be a part of this workshop. Uh, so fashionandprofit.com is our work, website. Now, how many people can attend this workshop? Is it going to be intimate? Is it going to be 100 people? Like, how, what's, how many people can attend the workshop? Uh, well, we initially had a number, but now with this partnership, that's probably going to change drastically. Um, so, uh, so we're hoping to have a nice enough number so that we have interactions with everyone. And mm-hmm. ideally, uh, 50 would be great. Um, you know, well, we're probably going to have more, and so it might end up being a two-day uh, workshop. We, we'll find out by next week, but uh, uh, but we're basically oh, because of this move, we're opening it up to more people. So it's a great opportunity um, to to get entrepreneurs, fashion entrepreneurs, to understand their business and how to start now, uh, saving time and making money um, pretty quickly uh, when you have the strategies and tips that that can help you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think 50, when you have workshops, 50 is a really mm-hmm. good number. 50 is a really, I love yeah. it, fashion and profit. Now, a lot of people, and again, our show, we just ask these questions, but a lot of people are going to sit back and say, you know what, is this workshop going to help my product, you know, get in, you know, I want to be, I want my, I'm a small business and I'm in the fashion, maybe I have a handbag, shoe line, whatever, and I really want to get recognized. Is this workshop going to put the person in the better position? So like that list, the 25, you're going to actually show them how to email, how to get a response, how to get your stuff placed in, you know, magazines. Is that what your your workshop is actually going to do? Yeah, I mean, in the workshop, I'll be actually sharing with them letters that I've written, the, the structure that I put it in, to get in actual stores. I'm also going to be sharing with them um, what I've sent to media to get published in actual magazines. You know what I mean? And um, so is Yetunde. So we're going to be giving them, you know, like a, a swipe file and showing them how to create and what to do, um, how to create line sheets, how to create um, um, sample letters, all those kind of things that will actually get them. If they use all of our tips, 
get them profit within 90 days of their business. Um, so those are the kind of things that we're going to be teaching and showing at the workshop. So it's a very interactive workshop where we're not just talking at them. We expect them to actually be formulating these um, um, letters and these um, sample letters while we're there and the line sheet while we're there so that they can ask questions and we can give them advice. And we're also going to have, you know, people in our panel that are editors so they can actually ask questions to these editors as to how do people get published in their specific publication and other publications as well. We're going to have people from, that do trade shows, um, an executive from one of the largest trade shows, um, project trade shows. She, she, um, she's supposed to be there as well, and she will be talking directly to them on how to get to trade shows, and they can answer all those questions for them as well. So it's actually very, very hands-on, um, the workshop that we're putting together. And people love that. People love the hands-on, I'm going to pay this money, but here is what I'm going to get. I love that. Yay. I think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so September or first week in October, is that day two in September or first week in October, correct? Yeah, we're hoping, and this just happened pretty quickly in terms of just the, the time shift uh, because of the possible, you know, the partnership we're working on. Yeah, of course. Um, of so, course. yeah, so as soon as we find out, we'll be sending it out. And, and we're super excited about our panelists because, um, one of the persons joining us is uh, Felicia Ruiz, uh, who is a brand strategist at Factory Girls, which is um, a company that basically helps uh, small business owners produce their own stuff. Uh, you know, so you, you actually have uh, somebody who can help you produce your bags or your shoe, whatever it is, in a small size, um, and we actually go in there and see how it works. So it's hands-on. We have, um, as Alex said, Edwina Culego, who was the international business developer at UBM Fashion Group. So in terms of thinking of trade shows, what are buyers looking for? Someone that can actually help you package your stuff so you can get to it. No more guessing game. And then we also have the, the editor of um, Radiant Health Magazine, um, Nena Kalumakonjola, and Michelle Khoury, uh, the editor of Wear Magazine Atlanta, will also be joining us. So you have people in there who will be talking to you about what works for them, um, what doesn't work. And so one of the secrets I'm going to share with your audience now is one of the powerful ways that you can actually um, connect once you build that relationship because there's a process to this. So we'll share all that as well in the workshop. But one of the powerful ways that you can get somebody to open the, your email is you have to have a headline that reads like a headline. So you can't say, hello, Stacy or hello, whatever. You have to think of what makes you open a newspaper. When you open Cosmo magazine or or uh, Vogue magazine or Essence magazine, what are the headlines on the cover that makes you want to read it? That's how you need to address your uh, your email. So if it, that's why your personal story is important because if it's, um, let's say, example, move from Ghana uh, from a small town, now I'm building a business in a major cosmopolitan city. You have to have a story and have that headline so that she's going to or she or he was going to want to open that email because that headline is going to look good in their magazine. Um, so that's one of the secrets that we're going to be sharing and how to do that and how to have, you know, I'm going to also share swipe files of great headlines um, to get editors to open your email. But you have to, it has to be personal. And so those are one of some of the things that we're going to be sharing um, on how to just activate the media so that you can get more eyes on your products. And when you get more eyes, that's more exposure. More exposure turns into more people knowing about your product and buying and paying for it. I like and picking back on that, you tune there. 
this is a question that we always get, and we talked about a little bit at the conference that we had, Dare to Aspire. Do you believe, basically, your publicist, that you should associate yourself with your brand? Like, for instance, Alex, you know, she, her handbag, she's associated herself with her brand. Do you think that all brands should do that to kind of get the word out? Whereas a lot, like, I'll give you an example, Pantene. I don't know who owns mm-hmm. Pantene, you know, right. but I'm used to, you know, we all know Pantene, whether we've used it or not. But what's right. your, for small businesses, do you think it's important for them to associate themselves with their brand? Right. Well, think about it this way. Even those big brands, they have brand ambassadors. You know, when you think of L'Oreal, mm. you think of Queen Latifah. That, that, that's still people. You still have to connect to somebody. Yeah. So Pantene has used celebrities. They've used, I think, Eva Longoria. That, those are the people for Pantene. So it is important um, that you connect yourself with your brand. Um, in this day and age of, of the new sort of media, people connect to people. So you can no longer hide behind your company. So if you're a shy person and you're trying to do this, you're going to have to walk through that because people want to connect to who you are. They want to know your story. It's a lot more personal now than corporate. Um, and the times are changing, and it's like, you know, how do you get the tools and how do you think of ways to be yourself, right, while being part of your brand so that you're not, you know, you don't have a shy person who's all of a sudden, you know, worried about being in front of the public, but more so thinking about how can I be a part of my brand in a way that is an extension of the service or product I'm providing to the world. So, yes, it is important. Everybody does it. Even Pantene, they just happen to use brand ambassadors instead of, you know, the mm. president of the company. So everybody does That's it. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, I'm interested, Alexandra and um, Yetunde, what are your favorite social media platforms to use um, for your business or that you recommend um, using for small business owners? Yeah, um, anybody that knows F&W style or knows my brand knows that Instagram is my favorite, Um, definitely, because it's just a way for me to share pictures, to share my journey, and it's almost like a story that we tell from everything that we're doing. It's not just, you know, pushing product for me. It's telling a story, and that has really worked for building the brand, you know, and I'm loving Periscope as well because I'm it's, I'm actually building a little, you know, community over there of people. Um, I share a lot of advice for entrepreneurs and um, especially in the fashion industry. So Periscope is becoming one of my favorites as well. Great. Mm-hmm. What about you, Yetunde? <laughs> I'm with Alex on this. Um, I'm a visual person, um, so. Instagram is my favorite uh, platform. And and now I'm realizing, you know, the power of a, a website. Virtual real estate is important. Register your name. Even if you're going to change your company name in a year, I just it's $9. Buy that domain that pops to <laughs> your head. Uh, but whatever your name is, if you're engaged and you're going to be married, reserve your, your you know, potential married name uh, because it's, we're going into that world now where um, personal true. branding That's is true. so important. Um, and so for me, uh, I use uh, my website and Instagram. And, and I say website because I'm slowly encouraging even my clients to think of all these social platforms as temporary. Because if they decide they want to shut it down or they want to start charging you and you don't want to pay, you do not have a way to contact your people. This is why you know, personal virtual real estate is important um, because that way you can get collect people's email and you can connect to them personally and directly 
if Facebook decides to shut down or Instagram or all of those, we're stuck. You know, I'm mm-hmm. stuck because, you know, with all the people following me now, if, if this shuts down, then I'm done. Um, so that's why I do both because with Instagram, I basically invite people to come over to my site. Uh, so it's basically a tool to get to my, my own house, basically, instead of, you know, in, in, entertaining people in somebody else's home, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes, that makes a lot of sense. We are like, you know, time always, always flies by. So, and I see everybody on the phone lines. Thank you, thank you um, for listening. We do want to take one or two calls, um, but before, you know what? Let me go to the phone lines and answer, and then I have a couple more questions before y'all go. Okay, hold on. I think this is nine one nine. You oh, are on MGM Radio. I got through. I love, love, love okay. your shows. I learned so much, and it's definitely worth the way. I didn't think I'd get on, but I call all the time, and I don't get on, so I'm really excited. And um, thank you for providing this platform. You're such a powerful, inspirational woman. But anyhow, um, thank you. I wanted to ask your a question? question about, um, I often see, unfortunately, with, uh, small business owners, their websites are out of date. I mean, they have press releases from 2004. They're, they, they don't really stay, you know, on top of things. And I, I'm just curious to why, uh, I, I guess, why that happens. That's, that's my question. And, and could you explain the detriment that that causes? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, Yechunde, we'll start with you. You're the publicist. What is the yeah. importance of having a very current press release? And is it even important to have a press release that's up to date? Um, thanks for that question. I think what happened is social media happened <laughs> in the last three to four, five years, as you say. Social media has sort of, is like a, when you have two roads that merge and one of them goes left and you're supposed to go right. Well, we all went left. Um, and so instead of updating our websites and, and the things that we own, um, there's, this, this is what I was talking about, the importance of updating your own stuff. Um, I think social media helped us sort of, you know, divert our attention to its own platform. So a lot of people end up updating on those platforms. So it's not that people are not up to date. It's that their updates are in a, on a platform that maybe their customers are not. So maybe the people that you support hang out on Facebook. You know, and but you're on Instagram updating, it doesn't work. So I think it's actually just, you know, coming to that habit, and people are slowly realizing it. So if you get on the bandwagon now, you'll be ahead of the curve in the next two years because people are slowly going back to the whole website stuff and, you know, blogging stuff and their own platform because this is all going to change. So you're ahead of the curve now if you're asking that question because it means you realize that um, all of these distractions, because that's what it is, from our own platforms are going to change. The algorithms are changing. Um, so you, the control happens when it happens on your platform, and you just have to put it on your calendar to be up to date, like put it on your calendar every day, update websites, update pictures, whatever it is. But you're ahead of the curve uh, if you're asking that question for sure. Great, great. Now, I want to, because I saw two questions in the chat room, Quickly for both of y'all, because both of y'all were working. Or the the question was basically, I know Yetunde, you you were working this high powered job. You put in your resignation letter, Alexander, right. same kind of thing. Can you tell mm-hmm. us like what made you decide now is the time to leave your job? And after you left, what were some key things that you learned 
um, that helped you continue to go forward and not take the nine to five, not go back to a nine to five? Um, I, I, for me, I just, I knew, I started to, I knew it was time when I started to feel stuck there and I started to feel like I wasn't feeling fulfilled with what I was doing and that fashion, you know, um, growing up with my mom being a designer and all of that, I, I always had that and then modeling for years and then, uh, you know, starting to sell um, products and things like that, I knew I wanted to challenge myself and do that. And for me, I, I'm not one of those people, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are just like, okay, I'm quitting today and they quit. And, you know, and that's great. But for people that are not like that, um, like I wasn't, I actually put a plan in place. I put a, and it was called an exit plan that I actually wrote out. And that, it was my exit plan. I said, okay, I'm giving myself a year to get out of here. And this is exactly how I'm going to do it. This is the amount of money I need to be making. These are the kind of um, things I need to be doing. And these are the step-down processes I need to be doing with my job. So during that year, I went from full-time um, being a, a manager at a bank, and I, I went from there to going part-time. And everybody's like, well, how are you going part-time? But I had my plan in my head. And I just wanted to test all of that out and I followed my exit plan, and after my son was born, I exited. <laughs> love it, love it. And, and you found, just a quick question, Azan, you found that now you're a mom, um, and mm-hmm. y'all go check out F&W Style. She's so trendy and fashionable, you know. But have you found that being a mom and owning a business gives you a lot more flexibility and time with your son? Oh, yes, and and that was part of it, too, because after I had my daughter, you know, I was still working, and, you know, after I had her, and, you know, how many weeks did I take? I think I took, like, eight weeks. So she was eight weeks old, and I took her to daycare, and I dropped her off, and my heart sank. I'm like, what in the world? How does this happen? What am I, you know, I need to, I, I just didn't feel like that's what I needed to be doing for me. And so, and that's when the exit plan and everything went into place. But now, even though I work a lot more, you know, because with your business, you work more than you ever, you've ever done, but I still choose when I want to work. So I'm, I, I have the opportunity to be there when she's doing dance classes, you know, when she needs my help for something and when my son was born. So I have the opportunity to do that now. So I'm working more, but I'm still more flexible, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. And I know you're going to resonate with a lot of moms that listen to this show. Yechunde, did you have anything to add about when you quit and what, what made you decide, yes, it's time to go? Um, uh, for me, it was more of I had uh, I had a, I have to work for myself by by thirty. That was my goal, um, and that's just being influenced by. I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so it was one of those. It was expected of, uh, but I also just wanted to have that freedom um, on my time. Um, so that was a goal, um, but I planned for it for two years. So when I launched ICPR, I had a two-year exit plan, um, mm-hmm. and that included paying down my debt, everything. Like so now I like. To, to say I'm almost debt-free, I think my condo is the only debt I have. I, everything else is, is on, on me. Um, and so living a life where you, you figure out you're more important than all these other things and your well-being is important. And so making that decision included planning out, uh, saving 
uh, cutting down on going out, eating, mm-hmm. all those extra girlfriends, hangouts, I would invite my friends over for dinner. It was less expensive. Mm-hmm. So I, you have to adjust your life according to where you want to be. Um, and so doing that, and, the, the, you know, the biggest challenge or fear was, oh, my God, I quit my job, a great job, at a time when the economy was going south. And so the challenge was how in the world am I going to, like, get paying clients? Um, and so it just, that was a whole strategy around that that, uh, you know, I would share someday. Um, but working with small business owners, as many as possible, but providing value over time. And so the, the fear of, oh, I want to go to a 9 to 5 because of the security, but realizing I actually have more impact working for myself. I have more life to touch. I have more people to reach. And that was more important to me than a 9 to 5. Wow, wow. And we have one a question came in from the chat room. Michelle asked, and thank you for listening, Michelle. She said she realized that both of y'all were former models, where you've done some, whether it's part-time or full-time. Somebody's approaching her daughter about modeling. Any advice, any tips about, and her daughter's young, so five mm-hmm. years old. Um, do you mm-hmm. recommend that for young people, this modeling thing, or any tips you, either one of you can share? Um, yeah, go ahead, Alex. <laughs> uh, I I feel that, you know, modeling was good, and it taught me a lot, um, but there is a lot that goes into it as well. So she has to just make sure, because it's not just going to be her daughter out there modeling. She's pretty much going to be modeling too because she's going to be have to make sure she has the time to spend with her and to also be there because there there will be a lot of people out there selling her things that might not be the right way, you know. So she just has to make sure that she's there and she sees the kind of shows that her daughter is going to be doing or the kind of magazines that she's going to be in and the kind of people that are surrounding her. Um, So that would be my advice. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with modeling, but just as long as the parent is there and let the child know what's the right things to do and what's not. Yeah, and I think I'll add, to, I'll add to that. Yeah, I will add to that. I would say uh, the biggest thing is um, go to the big agencies. There's going to be uh, – mm-hmm. and, and there's other small ones too that are doing well, but don't don't stop by at some rinky-dinky. Do your research. Like, mm-hmm. don't stop by at some rinky-dinky agency. Do your research. Go in for a, a go-see is what they call it, and, and, you know, and let them evaluate, see what works, and then um, – when they sign you on, just remember a contract is very different. If they tell you you have a $250,000 contract, that does not mean you're getting $250,000. That means they will pitch you for jobs in that case, but the designers or whoever it is still have to decide that they want to book you. So it's, a, it's its own hustle, um, and you don't get paid immediately, so you need to put that in mind. You know, any payments come in like, you know, 90 days typically, not even 60, 60 to 90 days. Uh, so all that stuff you have to do, but that means you have to be flexible and available to go on ghosts with your child uh, because there are crazy things out there, crazy, um, and and you don't want to guess. Uh, even the people you think you could trust the most, you can't. You, you, you're the mom. You are the one you should trust. And that's why Tyra Bank was super successful because her mom was on it and on top of her. So you have to be hands-on if you're going to have your child involved in modeling. Um, you can't relax on that. Uh, their, their well-being is super important. I like and I like that you said the payment because a lot of people think, oh, my child will, you know. I like that you said about the payment. You don't get it. It's ninety right. days. You have to wait for money. 
to get money oh, every yeah. day? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. A lot of, that's a lot of models wow. are broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be fooled. They look fabulous, but they're waiting on that check. And when it comes in, they're paying off a bunch of bills with it. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, unless you get regularly booked, it's a, it's a hustle work. It's, it looks yeah, good. You're, you're, you're modeling for magazines and also waiting tables. I mean, it's it's just that it is the hustle. I mean, because you're not getting paid all the time. So. Wow, that's good. To, I need to do a show about modeling. I need to bring y'all back to talk about modeling <laughs> because we get so many calls about modeling. You'll be surprised. So many people yeah. want to know about getting their children into modeling. You know, wow. Time is flying, ladies. Okay, so last question any advice or tips about fashion um that you want to share anything that you've learned along the way of your wonderful journeys in this fashion business okay um i've learned that um and this is a tip that um somebody gave me and they said find your clients where they are um so design well design good products that people are with the client in mind and then find the client where they are. Don't sit there and wait for them to come to you. So that would be my advice. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Did you tune in any tip or advice? Yes. Anything that you uh, learned? Uh, yes. The, the biggest thing I learned um, that I actually appreciate from being in the modeling industry and now in PR is the power of imagery. Uh, to mm-hmm. tell a story. Uh, so you have to think of your, your, the product, the picture of your product as part of telling your story of whatever value you're selling. So if I look at your purse, I should feel whatever the feeling is you want me to feel. If I look at your shoes. Mm-hmm. So it is important that you invest in quality images that tell the story of how you want me to feel about your product. So when you mm-hmm. think of ad campaigns, they sell in a feeling. It's not even about the product necessarily. It's how you're going to feel when you get the product. So if you put that in mind when you're thinking about your imagery for your business, your fashion business, it will greatly affect how people see your brand. I love it. I love it. Okay, so guys, and ladies, please share your Instagram handles. And, again, the Fashion and Profit Workshop, you, they can get the most up-to-date information with the dates and everything on the website. Share that again, please. Yeah, it's fashionandprofit.com, um, and uh, you get. Uh, we actually have a complimentary uh, list that we send you automatically when you um, join our, our, our site of uh, of things that you need to do to build a, a profitable fashion business. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And also follow and, us and on Instagram at fashion. Uh, follow us on Instagram at fashion and profit. Okay, great, great. Yes, and we'll be following. I love it. I think it's going to be so successful. I'm so excited. I know it's July, but everybody save your money because <laughs> summer people always go on trips and money is tight with vacations. But save your money so that, bam, September you can be at this workshop. I think it's going to be really, really great. Now, your Instagram handles, um, Alexander and Yetunde, please share your Instagram, your personal, in case people want to connect with you. Okay, so I'm at, um, if you want to know more about my line, visit me at FWStyle. Um, so that's FWStyle.com. And then my Instagram is at FWStyle. Um, so look, check us out there. 
Yeah, and uh, my Instagram is Yetunde, which is Y-E-T-U-N-D-E, Shorters, S-H-O-R-T-E-R-S. So that's my personal one. And my business one is I-C-Y-P-R.com. And uh, Alex and I love to do Periscope. So my Periscope is just my first name, which is Y-E-T-U-N-D-E. And I share videos that give you tips and tricks to build a purposeful, uh, personal, and profitable personal brand. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I love both. I try and jump in y'all's periscopes. I love them. I love them. They're they're awesome. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Of course, it always flies. Well, you girls, ladies, I always say ladies, have a fabulous weekend, and thank you. Me too. Thank All right. Thank you. Right. Take care. All right, so we wrapped up another show. Monday we have another show, and I can't wait to share more. Again, thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend, and be safe. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.